Good morning. Hey, if you've never been here for a Mother's Day, or even if you have, you know you don't want to miss it. Shelly will be teaching. It'll be an incredible moment. We have that flower bar, which is really a cool idea uh, for you ladies. Absolutely. So bring your families. Come back next week. We'd love to see you. Uh, I am really, really enjoying this series, this teaching series that we've been through called Love Where You Live. And as we've been preparing this and working through this, just so many things hit home with me. And uh, I think as part of that, all of us, as I look around at everyone that I know, I think we all need to start living beyond our daily routines, like stepping up the game a little bit, not just fitting in, not just sitting back, but actually being part of the life around us, living beyond our pull into the driveway, hit the garage door button, close the garage door behind us, and stay isolated in our house kinds of lives. I think we need to intentionally just start loving the people around us, whoever they are. We started this series with Mark 12, and when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? This is one of my favorite scriptures, and we use it a lot around this place. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love God, love people. I mean, I can't say that enough. Love God, love people. Nothing else in this life matters. Because when you're doing those two things, everything else about your life and your vision and your purpose start to come together. Love God, love people. Now, who are our neighbors? That's a valid question. They could be someone in your family. They could be someone that lives next door to you. They could be somebody that lives in your neighborhood. They could be someone that works with you. They could be someone that doesn't even look like you or act like you or believe like you. But God still commands you to what? Love them. Love your neighbors. Different skin tones? Love them. They're all beautiful. Different political parties, guess what? Love them. You don't have a choice. God commands it. All right? Different socioeconomic stations, love them. Different sports teams, whatever. You know, (laughs) you've got to love each other, right? I know, I know. Are you praying for your neighbor? I asked that question and gave that challenge. Are you praying for your neighbor? I told you a few weeks ago that I was praying that God would give me an opportunity to be able to serve or help one of my neighbors. And one of my neighbors in his brand new zero turn mower lost it in the creek. And uh, so I was like, thank you, Jesus. You put his mower in the creek so I could go help him. That is incredible. Well, guess what happened last week? My mower went in the creek. So, you know, it's like, all right, God, I get it. No, that's payback. I'm not going to make those comments anymore. I got it. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about loving the people that we work with. And uh, and that can just be tough. It it just can. Um, Are you praying for a coworker right now? Are you praying for your boss? Are you praying for the people that you deal with on a daily basis? Do you love your job? It was so cool this week 
Joel Real, one of our, uh, our pastors, came in, and we were in teaching team meeting. He said, guys, I just can't keep this secret anymore. I can't keep it. I got to tell you, his wife, Melissa, she won Teacher of the Year for Lakota. And absolutely, <laughs> Melissa Real. Um, she is an incredible lady. She was in the, the 9 o'clock service today. And just one of those incredible moments, Joel goes, I have to set all this up, and i got to keep it a secret, and I can't keep it a secret. So he told us. But he kept everybody else in secret. But it's one of those things where, as a teacher, if you've never been one or, or not been exposed, I mean, all the hours and hours and hours, all the love and, and sweat and tears and prayers that you put into those kids and those parents and, and being able to teach them and help to raise them, man, I am so blown away. And she is so good at what she does. You can tell that she is being a representative of Jesus in her work environment. Nice job, Melissa. I, I just love it. Yeah, give her another round of applause. Online campus. If you know her, shoot her a message and just encourage her. Last week, Melissa's husband... Joel, who's not as good as Melissa, he's not pastor of the year or anything. Sorry, Joel, I love you. Anyway, he talked about Esther uh, from the Old Testament, and he talked about how she made the most of every opportunity, loving where you live, being exactly who she was in a difficult environment. And just so you know, don't forget this, you are exactly where you're supposed to be for this exact time. God has placed you there for a purpose and a reason. Don't question it. Don't ignore it. Live it. That's the important part of that. Last week, again, you look at all that and, and how incredible it is to see, uh, just to see how Esther lived out that faith in, in her realm. And today we're going to camp out on this idea of loving where you live, your community. Loving your community, going, I, I, what's that even mean? How do you love a community? What's that look like? Well, Acts 1.8 says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That's not your power, that's the Holy Spirit's power. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, that's your family, your neighborhood. Throughout Judea, that's your community. In Samaria, the people that live a little further away, maybe a little different belief-wise than you are, and to the ends of the earth. So if you're going to love your community you need to identify where that is. How many people here live in Butler County? Okay, a lot of you. Um, online campus, you know, I don't know where you're at right now, but this is where we are physically in Butler County, Ohio. Now, here's where you live. Butler County was formed by the state of Ohio March 24th, 1803, from portions of Hamilton County. Its county seat is... Hamilton, right here, baby. This is it. County seat of Butler County is right here. The first fort was built on the bank of the Great Miami River here. It's named for Richard Butler of Pennsylvania. He was a major general in the American Revolutionary War. Um, that's where we are. There are around 500,000 or so people in Butler County. That's a lot of people to love. 500,000 people. I mean, but think about it. That includes the cities of Hamilton, Fairfield, Trenton, Oxford, Middletown, Monroe, just to name a few. I mean, there are people everywhere, 500 plus thousand to love, and that's where most of us live. But the problem is most of us live isolated and alone. We're not in our communities. 
If you're going to love your community, you need to think about this question. How do people see you in the community? How do they see you? When they see you out, how do they see you? Are you rushed? No time for anything. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. I got to go, 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 go. And you're just ignoring everybody else around you? Are you angry? Every time someone sees you, do you have a scowl on your face? And you're kind of angry? We had this conversation last week, as a matter of fact. Uh, Scott, you look angry. I'm not angry. I'm just in deep thought. So I must have a a natural scowl that is just kind of on my face all the time. Are you happy? I mean, you're always smiling. Everything is wonderful, wonderful. Everything's wonderful. You're just happy. I hate you people. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's just, you know, that's your person. You're just happy all the time. Are you content? I mean, not too high, not too low. You're just content with everything going on, and people see that in your life. Are you needy? A little extra grace required? People see you coming, and they turn the other way. Is that you? Maybe you're all of those things just at different moments in your life. And that's probably true for all of us. Are you peaceful or are you angry? How about in traffic? What about this? Is that you or is this you? I mean, you just wave and smile and, hey, good to see you, neighbor. Everything's good. Or you are going to go. Which one are you when it comes to traffic? We were... We were yesterday, my wife and I, on I get, trying to get on I seventy five down in in uh, Sharonville, and we're we're trying to. And I was I put the blinker on. I did everything right. I got over so I could get on I seventy five. And the lady that I had pulled in front of, I couldn't hear what she was saying, but I could see <laughs> what she was saying. Right, and then she gave me a not so nice hand gesture, <laughs> to which I stopped my jeep. Middle of traffic, trying to get on ice. I stopped my Jeep, and I looked at her. And my wife starts cracking up laughing, right? And the Holy Spirit's going, love God, love people, love God, love people, love God, love people. And she's still laughing, so I just got on the interstate and left her. Didn't You know, it was one of those moments, though, where you have to tell yourself to love God, love people. How are you at sporting events? I don't know. What pictures do we have? I mean, this, this guy, you know, I mean, that, that's just kind of your, you see these parents fighting? I mean, that's not a love fest. That's a fist fight. That's a brawl taking place. You know, I mean, we get so into our competitiveness of our sports teams that we forget to love God, love our neighbor, and love our community. Now, I have to tell you, I come by it honest. My mom got kicked out of more of my baseball games and football games than I could count because she didn't want a ref or a coach not treating her little boy the right way, all right? That that was just it. She'd stand up and yell and scream. They'd escort her out of the game, and I'd have to go find her in the parking lot to be able to get home. You know, I was a mama's boy. I'm proud of that, by the way. You know, thanks, Mom, for loving me. And I've told this story before, but... Several years ago, it's been about 15, 18 years ago, went to a Bengal Steeler game at Paul Brown Stadium. And it was Sunday, again, decked out in Steeler garb, jersey, towel, all that. We're about 20 minutes late because of church, and we get there, and we have to scoot past people to get to it. Now, this is when the Bengals were terrible. 
All right, so I'm giving a little allowance here. And we're scooting down that aisle to people cussing me out, saying all kinds of nasty things about me. And then all of a sudden, two guys dump their beers over my head as I'm making my way down the aisle. Now, at that moment, I had to remind myself, I love the competitive nature of this. I've got to love God, love people, saying that to myself. And internally, I was going, I just got those idiots to wait 16 bucks dumping their beer over my head. I'm good with that, you know? Um, But you got to love God, love people. How do you do at restaurants? How do you do? Oh, are you like that? Are you the person that leaves church on a Sunday and you go out to lunch and you leave a gospel track on the table and no tip? Is that you? You know what tracks are? Maybe you don't even know what those are anymore. Hey, you know, you're going to hell. You got to read this and you find Jesus and you'll be okay. That's your tip for the day. And you leave a penny. No money at all. Friends, how about we do something like this? If you're going to leave some type of a gospel message from Jesus, how about you leave a $100 bill with that? How about people see you as loving God and loving people? How about people feel the love and emotion that flows from you because you do love Jesus? This one waitress, I'll never forget this story because I don't think we realize how what we do impacts the people around us, right? I mean, when people know that you're a Christ follower and you're still living a life like this, it impacts the people around you, right? So like you go out to lunch and they know, they know because Sunday afternoons are the busiest time for people in the restaurant business. Sunday lunch, and it's the least tipped moment of the week. What does that say about us? It says we're good financially. No. It says that you really don't care about the people around you. That's what it says. You know, this one lady said she was given a tract and kind of made fun of by this group of ladies that were eating at the restaurant she was serving. She said, what made this experience so bad wasn't just the rude behavior from these adult women or the cheapness of stiffing me on the tip or the sneakiness of leaving fake money on the table with a track on the back, or the assumption that I was beneath them because I didn't discuss my beliefs with them, or any of the other things that added up to that experience. What really got me was that I was in a place that very day where I was considering finding a church. A friend of mine had just committed suicide, and the very church that had been recommended to me for grief counseling was the church these women went to. She said, obviously, I never went. I worked through it on my own. But the point is, those rude, presumptuous, and honestly mean women were the only thing standing between me and the church that was so important to them. How do people see you in the restaurants? What about at someplace like Walmart? I know I'm there way too often, all right? I, I know. Lines are long. You, you know, you're, you're stuck in the self-serve line because there are no checkout people anymore. And, and you're, you're, you're standing in line and you're going, oh, come on, can't you just scan three things and be done? And then I get up to scan my stuff and it's like, 
I can't find the stupid bell peppers on here. I'm either going to put it in my bag and not pay for it, or I've got to call the lady to come over and help me, which causes everybody else in line to get mad at me. What do you do when you're in lines like that? What do you do? Are you on your phone? Are you isolated? Are you keeping to yourself? Are you trying to pass the time? Here's a challenge for you. How about the next time you're in a long line, put your phone away and interact with the people around you. Spread some love. Do something for those people that are around you. Start a conversation. Shelly Mosteller, when we're in our teaching team meeting, she said, that's, that's my challenge. Every time I'm in a line, I put my phone away so I can interact with the people around me. She said, there was this one little old lady, and I had to stop right there and go, what does that even mean? A little old lady. I mean, is that like my wife? I, I don't know. Uh, she's backstage. She didn't hear that. So uh, what does that mean, a little old lady? We're getting older. I don't know how old a little old lady is or what that looks like, right? But she said there was this little old lady. She was so nice and so sweet. And we started a conversation. And it just really kind of made both of our days. Yeah, I think so too. But anyway, there's your challenge, right? Leave your phone in your pocket. Interact. Be Jesus' hands and feet to the people around you. Don't miss that opportunity to love God and love people. How about you thank God for the the fact that you have a Walmart in your community to shop in? I mean, that might be something that, that, that we could thank God for. Thank God for the the person at the deli slicing the meat. Thank God for the person stocking the shelves. Be kind to the people because nobody else is. I was driving through uh, last Sunday. Joel spoke, so I went to a different church. And it was started at 1030. It's 10 o'clock. And I think, I've got time to drive through McDonald's. (laughs) Two lines. They're both full. I said, I'll be fine. So I get in line. I'm waiting. It's 10, 5, 10, 10, 10, 15, 10, 20. And I finally get up to order at about 10, 22, right? Make my order. And then it just stopped. 10, 23. I'm watching the clock. 10, 24, 10, 25, 10, 26. And I finally get up to pay. And you know what I did? I mean, seriously, I'm looking at this, this kid that's just frazzled. And I said, thank you for working on a Sunday morning. You're doing a great job. He looked at me and just kind of smiled real big. He said, you're welcome. And gave me my credit card back and 1028, 1029. I finally get up to the window to get my food. And instead of being frustrated, I said to the guy at the window, thank you so much. I know people don't like working on, on weekend mornings, Sunday mornings. Thank you for serving me today. He looked at me with kind of shock. He said, thanks for saying that. Nobody says that. And then I got my food, and I made it to church two minutes late. So what? You know, so what? A little bit of my time, if I would have been up and gone earlier, I wouldn't have been in that situation. But I could have still shared some of God's love, loving God, loving people. What about us as a church? Are we stuck in this building in this corner of Butler County, is it just about us? 
It's just about everybody coming to us. I've got a need. I'll go to the church. I need Jesus. I'll go to the church. I need this. I'll go to the church. I need community. I'll go to the church. Or it's about us getting out of this building and taking Jesus to the people, loving God and loving people outside of here. Friends, we've got to get out of our seats. We've got to get out of our comfort zones. We've got to get up and make an impact. That's what God has called us to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I love having you all here on Sundays. I love seeing you and connecting with you and, and teaching and seeing us grow together. I love that. But it's so much more than just being here on a Sunday morning. God's saying, be my hands and feet. Get out of this place. I love this building. I don't love this building, but I love our church. And I love the place where we're placed. Because God put us here for a purpose. And I love that. But we can't stay to ourselves. John 17 says this. I'm praying not only for them, but also for all who will believe in me because of them. That, that's us. From their witnesses about me. The goal is for all of us to become one in heart and mind just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. If we're going to love our community, then maybe it's time to take a different approach, right? Maybe it's time that we start living with a passion, like today was our last day. How would that change for you if today were your last day? Listen to this song.
Today was your last day. last day would it change would anything change for you you better believe it would if today were your last day you'd be living every moment of it get over the shock and start going who do I love who do I need to forgive you know the words to this song are so powerful do you call up an old friend that you've just been avoiding and say hey I love you do you let go of the pain and the hurt that's come at you from your past, what good is it to hold on to it now? It's your last moment. It's your last day. What do you do if today is your last day? What do you do? Do you figure out, I'm gonna love as much as I can in the moments that I have? You figure out, I have to forgive because forgiveness has been holding me back my whole life. Now I need to forgive so the slate's clean. So why do we wait until we have these, these moments where we're going, the cancer is hit, something's come, my life is going to be over soon. Why do we wait for those moments before we live our life to the fullest? Being Jesus' hands and feet. Why do we wait on that? You know, Jesus, when he's in the upper room, take out your communion, if you would. When he's in the upper room with his disciples, he's going, listen, these are my last moments. These are my last moments. I love you. I care about you. I want you to know everything I'm doing from now until the end is for you. He said, you're not going to get this now, but you will. When you see me, when you see what's coming, you're going to understand how much I love you. Take the bread out, please, from the bottom. Hold on to that. He said, my body's getting ready to be broken. Now, it's not a sad moment. It's going to be a painful moment. But listen, these are my last moments. I want you to understand this is for you. It's all about you. Let's take this bread together. Then turn the cup upside or over and open the juice side said everything in your past 
that you need forgiven for has to have a sacrifice to cover that. You know that. We know that. We have to be able to have that. Jesus said, I'm that sacrifice for you. Listen, Peter, when you denied me, you're going to deny me. You're not going to get this. I forgive you for that already. You know, whenever this happens, understand, I know that's going to happen to you. I already forgive you. Your life is okay. You're good. You're forgiven. You're new because of this. Because of my blood, you're new. Nothing holding you back. Let's take that together. If today were your last day, what would you do differently? What would you do differently? I hope we don't have to find out, but I don't understand why we don't live like it's our last days. Because when we live like that, our life is free. We can make a big impact for the kingdom of Jesus. Serving, loving, forgiving. Just let that happen for you. If today were your last day, I'm going to ask you to stand. The band's going to sing through this song. It's our ending. So as they sing through when they're done, feel free to go and make today different than yesterday by being your last day.